Hello, I'm Rod Butler. Welcome to Let God Speak. The saying, there is no rest for the wicked, is used a lot these days in the workplace. It has taken the meaning that we have to keep working even when we are exhausted. In our busy, stressful lives, we all want and long for peace and rest. So have your Bibles ready as we explore what God says in His Word about how we can have this true peace and rest. On our panel today, we have Hannah Nakagawa and Adrian Craig. Welcome, Hannah. Welcome, Adrian. Before we, dis- we start our discussion, let us bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, as we discuss this topic and read the Bible, we ask, please, for the Holy Spirit to direct our minds, give us wisdom and understanding, and teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, the first century... Uh, Christian church at Corinth in Greece were experiencing all kinds of problems and the Apostle Paul had a lot to say to them. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verses 1 to 11, Paul reminded the Corinthians that Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt from slavery to freedom and they daily experienced many miracles of God, yet they did not enter God's rest they had no rest. They kept sliding back into sin. Adrian, in verses 6 and 11 of 1 Corinthians 10, what was the message that Paul was trying to get across to his Corinthian readers? Uh, right, maybe I should read these verses. This is 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and verse 11. And it says, now these, verse 6, these things occurred as examples to keep us from settling our hearts on evil things as they did. And verse 11 is saying much the same. These things happened to them as examples. Now, the interesting thing is the only thing we learn from history is we don't learn. We do replays. And so what uh, Paul is saying here, take the example of the people who preceded us and don't replicate what they did. And he uses the word typos, which uh, originally applied to a wound mark on the skin and uh, it had, in this particular passage, it has a metaphorical uh, meaning with reference to examples or uh, things from the past that we can learn from. Okay, so Hannah, looking at what the Israelites did in the wilderness, what, what are some of the examples we can learn from? Yes, um, if we read First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, it says, And do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, that people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. So Israel was led by God in a very physical, miraculous way that they were led by the um, cloud by day and fire by night. And they saw um, the provision of manna from heaven and water from rocks and the Red Sea um, apart in front of them. 
However, um, in verse 7 and 8, it says that Israel was engaged in idolatry and sexual immorality at Mount Sinai just after they, um, they were saved. Um, so, and we can see in Exodus 32 as well that there's a story, tragic full story given here. And there's a lesson for us as well that, um, yeah, we should um, faithfully obey um, God's commandment, even though what the consequence is, um, no matter how many majority of people are following different way, we should stand firm in the truth. Mm, amen, amen. And Adrian, in verse 9, it says, neither, the, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. What's all this about? Uh, right, if we go back to Numbers, uh, Numbers 21, we'll get the uh, passage or the story that's being referred to. Maybe I should read the verses. Uh, Numbers 21, verses 6 to 9, it says, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, they bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. In verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, Make, this, make a snake and put it on a pole. Everyone who was bitten look and live. So Jesus referred to this in his uh, in, dialogue with Nicodemus. I mean, Nicodemus wanted to know how to make it to glory, how to get a new birth. And Jesus said, look, look to the Messiah. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. So this was a lesson of faith. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You might say, well, what's the serpent doing on a cross? Well, I refer you to uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, which says he was made sin for us who knew no sin. Mm. Mm. OK, so we have these examples that we can learn from. Now, that Greek word typos you mentioned earlier, Adrian, also has the meaning of um, a copy or a pattern. And I just want to read now from Exodus 25 and verses 8 and 9, which says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. So Moses is being shown a pattern, a pattern of what, Hannah? Yes. So God loved Israel that he um, instructed Moses to build a sanctuary in the wilderness and uh, so that he would dwell among them. And let's read Hebrew chapter 8 and verse 5. Um, it says, Who served the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle? For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So this pattern um, was the pattern of the sanctuary in heaven. And everything about construction and the service reveals the eternal um, truth about the living Christ. And all the furniture, um, articles of furniture or um, every offering and um, priesthood and um, every service was revealing Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the shedding blood of the animal, the sacrificial mm. um, blood were foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus who will be a sacrifice. Okay. So this, this sanctuary was a, a copy of one, a type of one in heaven. Yes. 
We're going to look more closely now at this concept of rest as, a, as associated with a sanctuary. Adrian, how did, the Israelite, how did the average Israelite find rest in the Old Testament sanctuary <clears throat> that Moses uh, was given to construct? Well, what happened was when the, when the person had sinned, they then selected their offering. It could be a dove, depending on their financial status. It could be a, a lamb or a kid. And that, that animal was brought to the sanctuary. It was uh, the uh, person put their hands on the head of the animal, indicating that they were transferring their sins to that animal. Then the blood was actually shed and the blood was taken by the, the priest into the most into the holy place and actually sprinkled on the altar so it was transferred from the person to the animal to the sanctuary okay so they found rest in what way they uh, found rest because they were well that's a good question because uh, did they find rest in killing an animal that's a not a terribly nice thing to, to have to do but they found rest in what the uh, the the animal was pointing forward to so it was pointing forward to jesus yeah and they would have had thought the rest of their sin being transferred yeah. to the animal yeah. that guilt rolling away from them yeah so hannah what about in the new testament you mentioned earlier about jesus being fulfilling that yes how did how we, how do we find rest yeah. in the uh the sanctuary today that's right um if we go to Isaiah 53, verse um, 6 to 7, there's a description of Messiah, what Christ will experience. It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the uh, slaughter and as a sheep before its uh, Shiraz is silent, so he opened not his mouth. So Jesus was the Messiah and his sacrifice is the fulfillment of this uh, sanctuary service. Um, and if we go to Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14, it also says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So Jesus is a high priest ministering in heaven. And he's, um, yeah, he's on behalf of us, he's, um, um, yeah, he's an advocate for us to Father. So um, this is a wonderful news because um, it brings us the assur assurance of um, heaven. So the Old Testament sanctuary with its, its type and its ritual and its sacrifice and ceremony was able to bring rest to the Israelites through the knowledge that their sin had been transferred to the sanctuary. Mm. And today we find rest because Christ has paid for our sin. Yes. Well, I think we should also acknowledge, Rod, that it wasn't just the sacrifice was what the sacrifice pointed to. Yes. Mm. And all true Israelites saw beyond the sacrifice to the sacrifice. Yes, they, they were saved by faith, even in the Old Testament. Yes. Faith in that sacrifice pointing to the Messiah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Great point. Okay, now we're going to look now at Hebrews chapter 4, which is an interesting um, uh, chapter. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1, which I just will read now, it says, Let us therefore... Uh, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. They're, they're talking about rest there. 
The rest there is the, from the Greek word katapausis. And katapausis in this context has the meaning of a calming influence or the, the heavenly blessed rest of being with the Lord in heaven. Mm. But rest is used elsewhere in Hebrews chapter 4. So Adrian, can you just explain to us the other uh, emphasis of the word rest in Hebrews chapter 4? Yeah, I think it's very important to look at the way Paul or the writer of Hebrews uses the word and there are three different uh, usages of the word in this particular chapter. Uh, it's referred to the Sabbath rest in chapter 4 verse 4. It's also referred to, uh, refers to the, the rest in Canaan that came from Joshua chapter 4 verse 8. And then it refers to the heavenly rest in verses, I think, verses 8 to 10 of chapter 4. So there are different aspects of rest, and we need to keep that in mind when we're reading the passage so that we understand what the writer is trying to say. Okay. In, in 1 Corinthians 10, which we referred to earlier with all those examples, um, and Hebrews 4.1, there's a link there. What's that link, Hannah? Yes. So Paul is warning the Corinthians to not to um, forget about their mistake, not to repeat the same mistakes. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12, it says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. So the, the writer of Hebrews is saying a similar thing, that let us therefore fear, so that they will not fall into sin and miss out the rest that God is preparing. Yeah, very good. Adrian, this concept of rest in Hebrews 4, um, can you explain it a bit more in verses 2 and 3? Let me read 2 and 3, Rod. Um, it says, For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. That's a very interesting verse. So the gospel has been preached right through the centuries. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. And in verse uh, 3, now we who have believed enter into that rest, just as God has said. And then it quotes from the Old Testament. So the rest was available to the Old Testament people and the rest was available to the people that Paul was writing to. A very important rest that comes as one, gives one's life to Jesus Christ. Right, okay. Well, let's, let's backtrack just a little, Hannah. What was the purpose of God choosing the Israelites in the first place? Why would he choose this, uh, this group of slaves? Yes, that's a good thought. I, I guess um, it was the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob um, so that their seeds will multiply and exceedingly um, it will be given to the um, promised land of Canaan. And um, so that their... Um, they would have um, have the God's law written in their hearts and be a witness of um, God and his love and his grace uh, for the salvation for them. And it was God's intention that they will stay in Canaan, that, um, yeah, the, in a promised land, so that they will enter the physical rest um, of peace with those around them. Um, so that was their intention. It was that intention. Okay, very good. So the, the Israelites, which were chosen by God, yeah. slaves, were brought out of Egypt. Did they enter the rest that God had promised Adrian? 
No, unfortunately they didn't, uh, Rod. Uh, the generation that came out of uh, Egypt died in the desert because they didn't believe. Mm. They, they weren't uh, focused on Jesus. They um, were disobedient. And so the result was that, uh, as the text very clearly says, they, they, di they died in the wilderness. Yeah, and they also came out with, not on Israelites, did they? There was a mixed multitude. There was a mixed multitude. These were Egyptians who were basically, you know, an idolatry, but they'd recognised from the plagues what um, that God had acted, and they wanted to flee from that. So they attached themselves to the to the Israelites. They were a bad influence, that's for sure. Mm. So what about then? The, the generation which came out, they died in the wilderness. What about the ones that went into the land of Canaan, the promised land, Hannah, what, what happened to them? Mm, unfortunately, no. Um, while the Joshua led a new generation to the land of Canaan, um, uh, but they did not went into the um, land, um, promised land as a nation, neither. So uh, they did not, um, they, miss the rest of God because of their lack of faith and disobedience. Okay, so they, they, they might have had small periods of, of uh, rest, mm. but they kept falling back into disobedience. Yes. And I think we need to acknowledge too, Rod, that there were people who genuinely believed. Yes. We're making a general statement about the Israelites, but there were people like yeah. one of the parents of um, Daniel, for example, who, who believed, who saw what the message of the gospel was all about. Yep, yep. And there were prophets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's come down to the time of Jesus, Adrian. What about the Jewish nation at the time of Jesus? Did they enter into the rest that God promised? Well, it must be very frustrating for God because God has tried and tried and tried to get people to uh, focus on him. And uh, you come down to the time of Jesus. What does it say in John 1 verse 11? He came to his own and his own received him not. And Jesus cried over Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto you. How often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers a chicken, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Echabod, the glory is departed. Pretty, pretty stern stuff, yeah. but, but needed. So, that, so the answer is no. They, they rejected the Messiah, which was the ultimate uh, however, obedience. Yeah. yeah, however, once again, we must say there were true believers. Mm. And you remember when Jesus was dedicated and Simon, the old priest, came in, mm. he was convicted that this was indeed the Messiah. He said, now let us thy servant depart in peace. Mine eyes have seen the consolation of Israel. So while we make the general statement, we must mm. also acknowledge there were people who saw beyond whatever that was out there. They saw the Messiah. Mm. Okay, well, in Hebrews 4, it now introduces the concept of the Seventh-day Sabbath. So Hannah, how does the Seventh-day Sabbath apply to entering God's rest? Mm. Hebrew 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place they shall not enter my rest. So God um, had his creation days for six days and then seventh day he rested. And it's beautiful to think the first full day for Adam, it was the, um, the Sabbath. And it was the, the day that um, Adam spent time with God and experienced the full taste of spiritual rest that was um, waiting for him if he did not disobey. 
It's a very sobering thought to think your first day of, full day of life. Yes, just after he was created. Just after his creator was yes. with God. Yeah, it's incredible. So why is the weekly Sabbath so special for us today, Adrian? Weekly Sabbath is very important uh, to Christians, uh, Rod, because it uh, encapsulates what really the gospel is all about. The gospel it brings us peace, it brings uh, contentment, it takes away the burden, the guilt of sin, and sin does burden us. There's no question we must never lose sight of the fact. Lack of money, lack of friends doesn't wear out the life forces like the, the, the burden of guilt. And Deuteronomy makes this very clear. Um, the Lord gave you an anxious mind, eyes weary and longing, and a, and a despairing heart. And so uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So the Sabbath encapsulates all that is at the heart of the gospel. Yeah, and it gives us a foretaste of yeah. that time in heaven where we'll have every day. Mm. Yeah. Every day we'll be with, with the Lord. And, and we get that foretaste weekly. Yeah. And that's what Revelation says in chapter 21, verse 3. The Lord, God will tabernacle with his people. He shall be with them and they shall be his people. So there's, there's that communion, that togetherness, that worship. It's also important to recognize too that when we talk about rest, we're talking a spiritual rest and we're talking a physical rest. Mm. And the Sabbath gives us both a spiritual rest and a physical rest. Now, what does Hebrews 4 say about the children of Israel um, entering the promise Rest, Hannah. Yes. Um, I know this is a recurring thing. <laughs> yeah, but this verse really clearly says this. Since therefore it reminds that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. So because of the disobedience, they could not enter the rest. So disobedience keeps coming up over and over again. It mm. came up in 1 Corinthians 10. It's come up in Hebrews 4. Disobedience will keep us out of entering God's rest. Mm. Well, maybe we could say it another way if we wanted to, right, in that uh, these people experienced, uh, didn't experience conversion. They were unconverted, so that's why they missed out. Mm. They weren't in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. Well, Adrian, when can we be entitled to enter this rest? Today is the day which the Lord has made. We'll be glad and rejoice in it. <laughs> There's no tomorrow as far as God is concerned. Yeah. Um, I guess I've got to be careful how I say that. <laughs> there is a tomorrow, but the, to the, the time that really matters for God is today. Give us this day our daily bread. Not our bread for a lifetime, our bread for today. And uh, you'll find repeatedly reference to today in chapters 3 and 4 of, of uh, Hebrews. So today is the day that's important as far as God's concerned. Don't delay. Mm. Okay, good advice. I'm just going to read Hebrews 4 and verses 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There therefore remaineth the rest to the people of God. What do these verses tell us about the people of God, Hannah? Yes, because the Israel did not enter the rest, it actually, the invitation is still for us. Um, God is... Um, giving us this open invitation for us. And if we read Galatians chapter 3, 26 to 29, it says this, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slaves nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according, according to the promise. So it's not about the race, it's not about where you're from, but it's through, through the faith in Christ we receive and we enter into this rest and the blessing. Mm, amen. Adrian, what does it mean to practically rest in God? Let's talk practicalities now. It means to have a saving relationship with God, to regard, regard God as our Father and to accept the provisions that he's made in order to make us his son through the shed blood of Jesus, our elder brother. Um, to rest in Jesus, let me read the verse here in John chapter 14, verse 27. It says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not give you as the world, I, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And also in Philippians, it makes reference to the fact that um, God can, maybe I should find the verse, Philippians. Um, someone have Philippians 4 verse 7. Philippians chapter 4, sorry about this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 actually says, what does it say? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, and maybe I could add even all misunderstanding. This is the peace of God that uh, comes and will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. So this is the, the rest that uh, comes as a, in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Which is the practicality part. Yeah. Okay. Well, in verse 10, it says, For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as did God from his. Hannah, is there any sort of deeper meaning to ceasing from our own works? Yes. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and are not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Oftentimes we try to earn salvation by ourselves, by our works, try to do things, uh, make effort to um, please God even. But when we believe in Christ and focus on what He has done, not what we can do, but He has done, uh, we can have um, this gift of salvation so that we cannot save ourselves, but we can fully um, believe that Jesus saves us through what he has done. Mm. And I praise God for that. Praise God. And it says in verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Mm. To labor, it means that we have to strive. We have to put effort in. We have to do things to build our relationship mm. with, with God. And that's what it says to labor. And how do we do that? Verse 12, for the word of God, we get into the word of God. And and that's, I, sorry, Rob. And I think we need to see that we're running out of time, aren't we? I think we need to see that uh, what Hebrews is saying is that Jesus is better than angels, better than Moses. He's the best high priest and he has the best rest. Yep. Thank you for that, Adrian. Well, that, that uh, is the close of our discussion. We all long for rest in our busy lives, but when our faith is in Christ, our Saviour, we find spiritual rest every moment. Also, we're invited to enter into a physical and spiritual rest every week on the seventh day Sabbath. 
This rest and time will give, with God gives us a glimpse of that ultimate rest when we spend eternity with our Creator and Redeemer. We invite you to accept Christ as your Saviour as you enter into His rest. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak and we wish you well. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.